Yes, what is going on everybody? Welcome along, welcome back, should I say, to episode two, season three of the hashtag Are You Okay Mate podcast. Before we go any further, make sure you're hitting the like and subscribe button, get at my socials down here, and get at Alex's socials down there. Right, so excited for today, I am joined by someone who I consider a very good friend of mine. Um, the one and only Mr. Alex Hughes. Hey, man. Alex, are you okay, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. So, super excited to get you on here. Like, Alex is, for those who don't know Alex, Alex is like a serial podcast guest. Like, <laughs> every time I speak to you, you're on either someone's radio show or podcast. So, gas to have you on, man. Like, I've got loads I want to talk to you about. Um, as always, when I talk to you, like there's always something new I want to talk to you about. Um, but I really want to get into a conversation I've been wanting to have with you for the last eight months. Yeah. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, this call is cool. You're, you're not in I'm trouble, safe. bro. You're safe. You're safe. Um, so, for those who don't know, listen to this. Introduce yourself, man. So, yeah, I'm Alex Hughes. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur, a uh, father. And uh, I think probably best place as a community advocate. So yeah. I'm a massive fan of what we call co-growth, yeah. which is collaborative growth for a community. Yeah. Uh, so we, as a collective of humans and organisations, are making change through our community. Yes. And there you go. And one word you missed out is just genuine good guy. No, thanks. Like that's, that's if I had to write a description about you, it would be good guy. Nice. I genuinely wholeheartedly think you're a good guy. So, um, there's, like I say, a few things I want to discuss. Let me get into the first thing is I've always thought of you as a really level-headed guy. Like, you seem pretty Teflon. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Like, you see really Teflon about because I see you in a work environment. Um, Obviously, there's a massive social environment to what we do here. And by the way, big up Shifties for putting us in this studio. Yeah, yeah, like, cool, big up, it, yeah. like, <laughs> shout out. It started in my bedroom and now we're in the studio. So, mm -hmm. big up there. But, yeah, you seem like a pretty Teflon guy when it comes to mental resilience. Yeah. Like, mentally resilient. So, tell me about your experiences with mental health. And I also want to talk to you of a phrase that you coined that I didn't hear before I met you. Mental fitness. So just talk to me about your own experiences with mental health and mental fitness. Yeah, okay. So I think I, I've transitioned in my life from intense corporate environment, um, which mental health was not talked about at all, yeah. um, to uh, a world of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. where uh, mental health was pivotal to the success of me as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I've kind of gone from, it's not really that important, or at least that was my perception, um, it wasn't even a conversation, to it's an everyday conversation for myself. So I've been on a bit of a journey with that, um, and that's where mental fitness comes into it, because yeah. you know, I, I was like, well, everywhere I was hearing the words mental health, it was like a, I don't know, not, not a negative thing, but it yeah. was like, I don't know, like I'm broken. Uh, that was the conversation. It was a lot of like, I suffer with my mental health. I, I have challenges with my mental health. I'm like, right, well, okay. I don't really relate to that, actually. I um, I, I relate from a point of um, prevention and from performance mm -hmm. levels because mental health is 
is everything. It's all it, we all have mental health. Absolutely. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, well, how can I relate to this conversation in a meaningful way that means something to me and to other people? And changing the word health to fitness allowed me to have a conversation around information diet and um, physical fitness and how they all intertwine into human performance because that's essentially what I'm aiming for is to be the ultimate human in terms of my outputs which is which only happens if you get the right inputs of course it could so so I guess in the same way that when you're looking after your physical fitness you look after what you eat yeah how you train it's the same way after your mental fitness as in the content you consume yeah. the environment you put yourself in the people you put yourself around yeah. and is a bit of that knowing when you're not looking after your mental fitness so let me break that down for you so someone who's not looked after their physical fitness might come to a point where they go right i need to start hitting the gym yeah. i need to start looking after myself physically again i need to stop drinking alcohol i need to eat a few like this isn't me by the way guys like <laughs> I, I will eat and drink alcohol i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not physically fit either. I, I'm, not I'm not that guy <laughs> well i don't know you've done a, a shift in that charity game man. Well, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm um, a trier man i'm a trier. a trier but yeah so in the same way that someone might go right now's the time for me to look after my physical fitness are you are you saying the same thing should happen with your mental fitness like yeah i i i think our the things we don't talk about are the things we have issues with what I've learned. You know, um, relationships, sex, money, business, um, these spirituality, um, all of these things we don't talk about, we have issues with. Yeah. So opening that conversation and learning from other people and how they perform yeah. as humans yeah. enables me to find inspiration in how to operate my life. Because there's no playbook. You know, we're right. all different. We're all wired very differently. Of so I like to take elements of other people's experiences and how they perform mm -hmm. and incorporate that into my life. So I, I'm like, I always pitch myself as I'm the curious beginner yep. in most things that I do. And um, that's where I like to, that's where I am right now with my mental fitness is understanding, right, okay, so I don't watch TV. I don't watch, um, unless I'm watching something with purpose. So the live sport, yeah. I'm, I'm there because I want to watch that team or I want to watch that event or... Yeah. I'm interested in a subject um, and it's on Netflix. So I'll turn on the TV to do something. So yeah. rather than just turning on the TV for the sake of it through sake habit, which is what yeah. I used to do. Yeah, of course. Um, or gaming. You know, I'll, I'll go on to a game because I want to spend my spend time with my son. Mm -hmm. um, and gaming is just a vehicle for us to engage. That's yeah, great. So I, I think it's just reframing what all of those activities mean to me. And it all comes back down to purpose. And everything I do now has a purpose. So there's an end. There's there's an end goal in absolutely yeah. everything. Even I've even even like like when it comes to like physical. And I'm not, I'm on a journey for my own physical health. Yeah. Some a good friend of mine who's like a he he's like sculpted like a god. Yeah. My friend Danny and um, we were traveling over in Italy a couple of years ago, and I remember him saying to me, "It was like when I, when we walked past, I was like, oh donut." I said it. I was, I was like, "Why do you want that?" And, and now, he, when I, and he taught me this, and I will always stick with me. He says, when you think about eating something, mm -hmm. um, what do you want from that? Like, how do you, if you, if instead of saying, oh, I really want, I really fancy a donut or I really fancy a coffee, do you really mean, do you want energy? Or you want energy? Do you want slow burn energy or do you want energy now? 
Yeah, wow. Okay, so, so getting deep on everything, man. It was really cool, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So when I so when I get hungry or I think about things, I go, oh, what do I really want? I want to be energetic. I want to be high energy. I want to feel good about myself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the banana because the banana's got like a slow burn energy in and yeah. a little bit of caffeine in there. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna have that instead of having the the donut, which is gonna give me, which does bring some benefit. Yeah. I'm going to have a real big spike, but I'm also going to have a big drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's a great way. It's the same with information. So in the evenings, um, I don't like to uh, consume anything that gets my heart rate up. So I like to listen to, like I love YouTube, so I'll listen to a TED Talk or um, one of my favorite podcasts like yeah. this. Um, <laughs> hint, hint. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to listen to things that will give me value beyond just that moment. Of course, yeah. And uh, do you know what, mate? That's a really good attitude to have. Like, I, I admire it. With the eating stuff, I'm very much that if I fancy a Greg's, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Like, Greg's will go out. I've thought about this. Do you know if, if this ever moves? Greg will, Greg's will go out of business. Just on the, I know, just the hub's spending <laughs> there. <laughs> just the Don't get me wrong, man. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there. It's a framework that I'm, I'm leaning into. Yeah. I'm trying to better understand myself. Um, and I'm not quite there there, but on the mental fitness side, I will say I, I, I've worked on that for about five, six years now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I like to say that I'm, I'm pretty mentally fit. I'm, yeah, I'm, man. I'm a resilient 100%. guy. I'm, I've got, you know, I show up. I always turn up. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I know when I'm down, and if I'm going down, I know my triggers and I know how to handle that. I know I've got to put things in place to enable me to be down because there's yeah. nothing wrong with being down. Absolutely. So I'm, I, I feel like I'm in a good place now uh, to understand that. You mean, you know, and again, mate, it's one of them things I admire about you. Like you, 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 you said it, you show up. Yeah. Like if there's anyone I know that I can rely on, if he says, yeah, I'm doing it, you're doing it. 100%. Like there's never, there's never a no, I'm not doing it. You're not flaky. And right. like I say, I said the word Teflon, and you do seem pretty Teflon mm. when it comes to it, and and it's you know it's one of the one of the things I admire about you, man, and it's something you should be massively proud of. Thank you, um, and give yourself credit for. Oh, thank you. Amongst other things, so another thing I want to talk to you about is responsibility. Mm. Two things I want to talk about when it comes to responsibility. One's a little bit deep. One's not so deep. Mm. The not so deep one is. In the position you sit within the work community and in the, the wonderful community that you've created and the community I'm now blessed to be part of, there is an element of responsibility with that, Alex, mm. because with people come lives and with lives become problems. And when you're in a position of responsibility, you, do, you can't help but absorb some of that. Yeah. So, and we know there's been members of the community that have suffered mentally and we've just had an awful tragedy. So how do you manage the responsibility of the people within your community? Because it would be natural for you as a good person to, like I say, absorb a little bit of that. So how, how do you manage that? Like what's, what's, the, what's the trick? What's the secret? What does Alex Hughes do to not let that get to him too much? Um, I think you become. I have I have tremendous perspective, mm -hmm. so um, I have some practices that I like. I put put myself through. I do. Uh, I like to journal. I like to vlog. Even sometimes I'll vlog 
without publishing it. I've got a load of blogs in the build-up to the pandemic, literally yeah. a whole week's worth, which at some point maybe I'll release. I didn't sleep for that week, yeah, so I only yeah, had yeah. like two hours sleep. I stayed here for a whole week yeah. while I was trying to map out the, like you say, my responsibility. I felt obliged because of my privileged position. I can, I can get wind of things that are coming. I, I always have to be operating in the future because I've got a... So the way I like to frame it is, Experts operate in the past yeah. and come from a place of I know this happened and I know this thing. Entrepreneurs operate in the future and they're, they're forecasters. We look forward and we, we get our crystal, crystal ball out yeah. and we go, oh, scenario A, scenario B, blend of scenario A and B into C. What does this all look like? So I always have this tremendous perspective as to where I've come to where I am now. Um, and I try to instill that in our community. So when someone is in a, having a challenge, yeah, you know that question comes up: Is this going to be a problem for you a year from now? Is this problem going? Is this going to be a problem that affects you ten years from now? Is it a today problem or is it a life problem? So I think that that helps me process things. When it comes to the volume of challenges and influence from the community, um, that's tough. Uh, I, I I do shoulder a lot of it, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it gets on me. It gets just just completely gets on top of me. Um, so luckily, I've got an amazing partner in Christine, who's just a phenomenal Absolute support for me. Like powerhouse, unbelievable. Every superlative you can put next to it, right? Amazing. I mean, you know, and she's been through her own battles, and and actually now I think about it, when she was going through her anxiety challenges, you know, for a good two years. I wake up every morning and I can guarantee you Christine wouldn't be in bed. She will be sat downstairs or next door crying um, or, you know, in absolute, like, just, it was horrible. And I'd come home or I'd get a text at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon and she would say that she's sad or text me and say that she's sad or, or she, she's confused and angry um, and she didn't know why. Mm -hmm. she, and I was trying to find, I was trying to inspire her to get help. Yeah. Uh, but she wouldn't do it. She wasn't ready yet, so I went and learned um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I reached out to other people in that space and, and wanted to understand. So I had to, I did the learning bit for her, yeah, and then kind of helped her coach her through that. That's really and that's actually stuck with me now. That's probably serves me really well, of course. So when I've, I have this self talk, I will do it, yeah. I'll do it. I, and I've been there three o'clock in the morning, I will go into the bathroom if I'm having a day like that, I will have a conversation with myself. Nothing straight wrong with up. that, man. No, no, straight up, I don't mind it. You know, I recognise there are voices, you know, the voice, the voices in our head, you know, I love the whole chimp paradox thing, you know. There's the human, there's the chimp, and there's the computer, mm -hmm. right? So the computer is our habits, it's the trained thoughts, it just happens, it's the walking, it's the, um, it's the setting this up, it's the stuff that you, it's programmed. Yeah. Then you've got your chimp, who's this emotional, erratic um, being that reacts like this. Um, and then you've got the human, which is the thoughtful process. Now, I know now, after reading that book and studying this, I can't fight the chimp with aggression. I can't fight the chimp with muscle because the chimp is stronger than me. Okay. So learning how to talk to myself yeah. in a way that I can coach myself through those moments yeah. in a meaningful way allows me to process things in a different way. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I mean, on the Speak Up 
liveathon we called him we called this chimp Linda. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's this kind of negative self talk and things like that. It's there for a reason, but understanding where it's come from, why it's existing, what's going on, what's the circumstance. So, um, there's a few things I do. One, breathing. I love breathing with purpose. Um, whether it be box breathing, whether it be some form of meditation, just to just bring me back to the present for a moment. I remember that breathing exercise you taught me. The box breathing. The box breathing. Wow. I felt like I'd been out. Yeah, like, I, know, right? I felt like I'd been taking substances, drinking so, beers. But that's that's the beauty of it. So it can work for, and I'm not there yet. I'm learning. I'd love to spend a year, two years, really deep diving on yeah. this exercise, on this understanding of this, and I will at some point in my life. Um, but the knowing that I can breathe through anything, if I'm about to go on stage in front of 500 people, then that's a different process to I need to relax. But it's the same thing. It's, it's breathing, right? So it's called box breathing, right? Yeah, box breathing. Guys, yeah. go and check it out on yeah, YouTube. Sure. Like, Google the box breathing exercise. Honestly, like I've done it with Alex, and I felt like I'd been out. So you're high, right? You're on a yeah, high. Yeah. Like, guys, Google it. Get, get on YouTube and get yourself involved, man. So that, so that helps me um, as a kind of front. That's the first point. Right, cool. I'm there. I'm now present. Okay, cool. Then there was something else I remembered. Someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, but they said, if you're ever uh, overthinking, yeah, right? If you're underthinking, listen. So in that moment where I am, if I'm underthinking, i.e. I haven't got the information coming in, it's I don't feel like I'm ready to produce anything yeah. to help myself, then I need to go listen, I need to go get advice, I need to speak to people, I need to read, I need to watch. If I'm overthinking, I've got loads going on. Like today, I'm overthinking. Because I've got loads of this new information that's come into my life in the last kind of 48 hours. I need yeah. to process it. So, you know, off the back of this, I'll probably do 10 minutes of breathing, get my whiteboards in here, yeah. and I'll be on the whiteboards, mapping out, emptying my head onto that. That yeah. really helps me. And then the last thing that I do that I, I'm really, I'm much better at now is the gratitude piece. Is looking at, because it's almost, you know, just bring it back to the original question around the responsibility of the community. There's so much we can do. There's so much to be done. There's so many people that need help. There's so many people that um, need accelerating. There's, there's just so much to be done. Um, so, but I think now, you know, if I was, you know, if I fast forward 40 years, 50 years, however long I managed to last pending my physical, my physical fitness and, and what happens in terms of I look after myself, how long I last on this earth, yeah. can I safely say that at my funeral there'll be enough people there that, that uh, appreciate what I've done in the world already from an impact point of view, and I can say yes. So I can stop now. I can afford myself a week or two weeks or however long I need and go, well, actually, perspective here. I'm grateful for the impact that I've already made. Yeah. I'm grateful for the people that I have in my life, um, and that's fine. That's, do you know what, man? Like, Let me reassure you. <laughs> I hope it don't happen. But if you were to check out tomorrow, I gladly bet everything that I've got even down to this sick DMX jumper that I'm right now new, new purchase boohoo man get at <laughs> me sponsorship um, yeah no I would bet everything on earth that everyone that's ever been blessed to be around you would be thankful that they did I know that speaking from personal experience on a real level that I I can't thank you and Christine enough I appreciate everything that. that's gone on with that so now let's go a little bit deeper with responsibility one of the greatest responsibilities on this planet is being a father. Absolutely. You became a father, 
at an age my son is nearly at. Like, <laughs> my son's 12 and a half. So you became a uh, father at 14, right? Yeah. It was conceived when I was 13, born when I was 14. Bro, tell me what that does to you mentally. Because I'm trying to get my... Like, I hope my boy doesn't. But if it happened... Like, what does that do to you mentally, man, at, at that age? And, and I'm just going to couple another question on the back of this. And you can answer them both together. When we listen to the when I listen to the Scary Guy podcast, which is on shout out Scary, mm. um, you said that you were doubted as a teenager, and you've gone on to prove your doubters wrong. Mm. So, like this is this is where I'm struggling a little bit. As a parent, as a as a child, as a child, let's have it let's have it right. As a child, you get given the biggest responsibility in the world at fourteen. Mm. At the same time, by being being told by teachers, people have. Like that, that should be encouraging you in education, and I think that's a whole different podcast, by the way. Mm. Telling you you're going to be nothing. Like, how? What does that do mentally? Both of those things, and how they amalgamate together. Yeah, it took me a long time to process that. Um, I wouldn't have talked about this about two or three years ago. I've been through a lot of um, discussions, discovery find the meaning of what that did to me at that age. Mm-hmm. At the time, it just f- I, f- I I didn't really feel anything. Yeah. I felt I felt a bit just lost. I I, I never really f- I didn't feel like I fit in anyway. Um I think that's quite normal for a lot of people. I think we all feel yes. like you know we we all we all different. Um but I yeah, I it, it felt awful. I just felt I felt lost. I felt um, confused. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know a route for myself. So that was my issue. I didn't. I, there was no pathway. There was nowhere I could go that said to me, you know, here's someone to model. You know, because we all model something or someone, even yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. And I couldn't model it, so I couldn't see forward. All I could see was angry fathers that weren't seeing their children. That's that the only support out there for fathers at the time, at least I could find, because this was, I mean, nearly twenty years ago now. He's eight, well, he's eighteen, he's nineteen this year, um, and I was angry, um, and I was angry at the world, yeah. and you know I felt like, and and sometimes it was directly that these that I was having these conversations, but either way, there was no pathway, there was nowhere I could go. Right, okay, I can see. You know, five years, ten years from now, I can see a place where I'm a good father. I'm still, you know, fulfilling my career ambitions. I'm still fulfilling my life ambitions. I couldn't see this model. There was no one to model on, and that was the hardest part. Yeah. Um. So, it was really difficult. It was just, it was a really difficult time to process things. I'm lucky that I've got a phenomenal um, network of friends that I still my my friends now. That are really close to me. They're but they're a bunch of bastards. To be honest <laughs> with you, you know we're, you know we're my my lads. We're we're brothers. We're brotherhood. When we grew up, love that man. Um, I've got a wonderful friend. You know John and Bob, Jerry, Birdie, all these guys that yeah. I just love to bits uh, because yeah. we all had challenges. You know, one of my friends lost his mum when he was really young. Um, one of my friends, you know, was um, fostered. Um, one of my friends um, was, uh, you know, kicked out of home really early and, and, and living in kind of sheltered living. So we were all kind of going through different challenges. So yeah. I don't like to think of, you know, I, I always, when it, when it comes to Flynn, when I'm talking about my son, I absolutely no regret um, 
circumstance is one thing. The only thing is like the only thing I would change is the circumstance of which it happened. The fact he's here is an absolute blessing, and we've got the most wonderful relationship. I love him to bits. Um, but and it makes me to who I am. So I'm, to be honest with you, I'm in a place now where I kind of thank those people. If I could see that teacher, if I could see those teachers now, I would thank them 100% because that that fueled me. I do think it's, it's a common theme in entrepreneurs. There's usually some pain. There is usually some chip on the shoulder that says, I want to prove the world wrong. And, and a lot of high performers have this, and it's learning how to harness that. And, and it took me a long time to figure out how to harness that anger, that aggression, because I am an aggressive character. Yeah. In the way that I operate on a day-to-day basis, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an aggressive, I move quickly. I, I don't mess about, like you said at the start. I go, if I were doing something, I'm like, right, I'm doing it. Um, and that's through urgency and, and learning urgency. The biggest, to be honest, it's more challenging now than it was then. Because now I've got to move from urgency to sustainability, yeah. which is quite a challenge. Because urgency is all about now, 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 active, now. Active, right? It's like go, go, yeah. go. You know, who's in? Who, we're going to war, right? Yeah. You know, war. So I activate. So when a pandemic comes, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one you want in the trenches with you. Yeah, because I'm going to fight for you. Yeah. Whereas when it, things are a bit more chilled, I, I struggle with that. Because so you struggle with the rebuild, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, so I, if I look back now, I'm like, well. Yeah, it was tough, you know, but again, perspective, you know, I, I, I knew people in my network that were young fathers yeah. that, didn't, that didn't have the relationship that I have with my son. Um, and, and they wished for it. What made me more angry is where people were given the opportunity to see their children that didn't take that opportunity. And that that's a makes whole... Me, yeah, that makes me very angry. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. In, in relation to the original question... It made me feel empty and it made me, it forced me into having options. When you're young, you don't really have any options. You're at school yeah. and you've got to find your pathway from school to the thing you want to do, whether it be construction, whether you want to be a lawyer, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whatever you want to be. That The whole conversation is around what do you want to be when you're older, which, by yeah. the way, I think is a terrible question. Anyway, um, <laughs> but for me, suddenly... I've got options because the expectation of me is almost zero. Mm, absolutely. So I'm like, well, okay. Well, I, well so what I'm going to do is do nothing. I'm going to party. I'm going to, you know, smoke weed, do things I shouldn't be we doing. We don't encourage drug taking. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm going to do things that I, I didn't, shouldn't be doing because I was, yeah. uh, maybe I was trying to get attention. I don't know. But, you know, either way, those, the curiosity of, of exploring different things in my life um, led me to a path where I am today. So I'm thankful for everything that's happened to me. Of course, man. Uh, because it's made me into who I am today. Well, that, let me tell you, I've met your son, and he is a wonderful young man. He's a good guy. A wonderful, and that's credit to you as a father. And his mum. You know, the of other day, course. You know, the relationship, that, that was, to be honest, that was probably the hardest part of it all, was, you know, she's a 14-year-old mother who's forced out of school, completely forced. So for me... You know, it was it was difficult. Yeah. Um. But you know, it was also difficult for her. So, you know, we had a really difficult relationship, and and always have had a really difficult relationship. But you know, for me, as long as he's at the center, you know, as long as you know, as long as the conversation comes back to what's right for Flynn, what's right for Flynn, then that's all that matters. Of course. 
go. He's done a wonderful job, man. So now he can look after me. As exactly. So, <laughs> Flynn, look after your dad. <laughs> Alex, mate, I, I, we're going to run out of time. I could talk to you for hours, but there's two things I want to do before you go. When this is ended, title of the podcast, Are You Okay, Mate? Do me a favour. Get your phone out. Message someone you've not spoke to in a while and just well, check in. Secondly, this is new for this series, guys. I've got this wonderful Are You Okay, Mate? t-shirt nice. and a pen. Awesome. Okay, so what I just want you to do for me is just write a little message on there and sign it. Yeah, nice. And whilst Alex is doing that, guys, don't forget to check out Alex's socials, check out my socials. Make sure you subscribe to this on all um, platforms. Alex has also got a podcast out, um, so go and give that. It's the Micro Business Podcast, right? Yeah. Search that up on your favourite um, platforms. And that's it. Alex, thank you so much, bro. Awesome, man. So glad to have you, and I appreciate you so much. Like, genuinely, thank you. Now keep doing what you're doing, and make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Guys, that's it. We're going to get out of here, and we're going to see you on the flip side next week. Take care.